Hello and welcome to your bonus episode of I Hate Your Movie. Big thank you to the new Patreons this week, Alexandra, Roger, Emily, Rob and Bryn. Thank you so much for your support. And we're live once again. Hello. Hello, welcome to this bonus episode of I Hate Your Movie, where we talk about why cinemas are dying. Why cinemas are dying? I would say the state of cinema. The state of cinema. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I'd say why cinemas are dying and going to die very, very soon. It does surprise <laughs> me they're still around, to be fair. Yeah, I've noticed those 23 downloads we got on the first episode that there were oh, some wow. Americans 23 in there. 23 whole downloads. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That's the first Thank day. you for listening. <laughs> Thank you. 23 for, people. I just wanted to say I saw some people from America were listening. Yeah. From Freedom Land. From America. From the land of freedom. The land of hamburger and AR 15s. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Now let's insult you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are from the United Kingdom. What are we talking about? <laughs> Why cinemas are dying and definitely going to die. And I don't even understand how they're still around. That's the whole title. The state of cinema, because I don't really want to talk about the actual cinema itself. But like when I say the state of cinema, I mean in kind of like a broad sense of all the films that are coming out, cinemas and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff as well. Okay. So they're kind of like the quality of the films coming out and what we think could be done better, what, what what is destroying cinema. Mm-hmm. Well, you should have told me that before, because I was <laughs> I was literally just uh, why the cinemas are dying. Okay, but okay, I'll improvise. I just feel like something else. The other things will come up. Like streaming is okay. gonna has to come up at oh, some yeah, point because yeah, yeah. it's such a large part of films these days. Yeah, I've got three large points mm-hmm. which I hang around all my arguments of why cinema is the way it is today. Yep. Do you want to hear them or or do you wanna you wanna start with yours or? What? I I would like to start with mine. Okay, um, go on. Just, is I, your idea so because the the first thing I wanted to talk about is the movie going experience. Okay, I adore the movie going experience. I love going into cinemas. I love sitting there, having turning your phone off, having the world away, and sitting in the darkness and watching a film and concentrating purely on that film. I feel any other way of watching a film isn't anywhere near as immersive it's too easy to like pause get up go to the toilet make yourself some food come back and that breaks up the film and it's not how films are meant to be watched but there is several problems with going to the cinema that, Mm -hmm. that people encounter and most of them revolve around the cost of going to the cinema these days but a lot of it is also the quality as well so and the, I mean, the ticket price for my local cinema is 13, 14 pounds a ticket these days. Family ticket will set you back around 25 pounds. And that's two adults, two children, which is too much. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. If you, if you add cinema snacks onto that, if you are crazy enough to buy like a pack of Maltesers there that's going to cost you three ninety nine. Then you've got popcorn on top of that, and they they bring this popcorn in. I've seen I've seen them go like walk around with it, and it's like this clear plastic bag. It's like a sleeping bag size <laughs> bag 
full of popcorn and it can't cost them any more than like 10 20 pounds to make and transport because it's so light as well and they charge like seven eight pounds yeah this is this is an anecdote but i've heard that that's how cinemas really make money through the concessions that's an american word but yeah 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 and it makes sense because they're ridiculously expensive Mm. and the problem with it is the more expensive you make it the less people do it the less people buy the stuff there that's how they make their money so then they have to up the prices again because less people do it and it's a vicious circle to the point where i mean i don't know anyone that doesn't sneak their own popcorn and their own crisps and their own snacks into cinema and i'll do it myself i remember oh my god i remember when uh, lockdown ended and the cinemas opened up for the first time and i was so happy and i said to myself i'm gonna write i'm just gonna support the cinema i'm gonna go there i'm gonna buy everything that they have so i bought myself a popcorn i bought myself a hot dog i bought myself some nachos a drink whole thing cost me like very in mind i got the ticket for free yeah because i have my cinema pass the whole thing cost me about 20 pounds and it sucked (laughs) like everything about it was utterly disgusting the hot dog roll was dry and horrible the it didn't come with ketchup and i had to sit in a dark cinema trying to open ketchup packets i got ketchup all over me and when i ate it it was horrible the nachos were just like the fact that they called it cheese is an insult to cheese (laughs) it was fucking disgusting and there was a dip again like i'm sitting in the dark how am i supposed to open a dip in the dark i feel like cinema food is it's weird when i was a kid and i am from the faraway land of hungary (laughs) popcorn was pig feed and (laughs) literally (laughs) um what you ate in the cinema was pretzel. Okay. I don't know why, but I thought that was a much better thing. Is like popcorn is like crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah, yeah. The pretzel is just a, a simple thing. You just pick it up and eat it with your face. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to other things. So I don't know. I don't know how why cinema has evolved beyond the popcorn and the, this very elaborate. It should be just pick up and eat kind of food. Yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely. And it's just I don't understand like why they have made all these decisions to make to serve absolutely terrible expensive crap so i understand and what you're doing you're just alienating people from the experience all the time Uh, and you can put a basket and robins in it as much as you want but it's you know ice cream is fairly thing but again two scoops of ice cream is like five pound 80 it's it's ridiculous again family of four it's another 20 quid on your bill you're not gonna do it you're up to like 60 pound at this point you can do much better things for that money yeah. Should I talk about my alternate perspective of the cinema experience? Okay, yeah. I am very different than Rick. I don't care much for the cinema. What you describe of just paying attention to the movie and that's how you experience the movie, that's what I like to do anyway okay. at home. Mm-hmm. Like when Laura starts talking, I'm like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Watching a movie. And I don't like to pause it unless I really have to. I don't like to do anything else around it. I just like to experience the movie. Even though I'm a poor motherfucker, I have a pretty good system except the sound. I've got a pretty good TV that is, from the perspective that we're watching it, is like, I don't know, middle row feels like. Yeah, like it would be in a cinema that was a cheap large tv and i can have subtitles whenever i want and there's no annoying people you don't have to go anywhere i don't really understand what the place of cinemas are at this point where everyone basically have a home cinema system the only thing that cinemas are clanging, clanging on with is these exclusive movies, which even disappearing as we speak. Yeah. We'll get to streaming in a, in a bit. The worst thing that's happened to cinema, in my opinion, in the last few years is when they renegotiated all of the theatre 
and home release dates for films when it used to be minimum of three months and now now it's like one or two and it's another thing that people are putting people off you know why would you go take your family to go see black panther when you know it's on disney plus next month some movies don't even wait that long sometimes no. it's equal premiere yeah on at home they are pulling back from that now they started that was a kind of a lockdown thing black widow was a dual release and mm. it just went horribly yeah of for course. everyone involved yeah. obviously ending up in the lawsuit that scarlett johansson mm-hmm. did yeah uh, rightly so yeah. yeah if you're promised a cut of the theatrical release and then they release it on streaming simultaneously you lose loads of money yeah. so i still enough. see movies though they they do the dual premiere like puss in boots did it and that just came out is that on Disney Plus already? It's it's not Disney, but it is on Amazon. Oh, really? Like is it? your home premiere, yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. Some I movies still that. do it, you know. Okay, I didn't know that. Even I myself, I went to go see Glass Onion in mm-hmm. the cinema to try <laughs> in my own little protest to prove to Netflix that it's worth going, like, putting out in the cinema. But it didn't, it wasn't the same. You don't get that same kind of excitement when you go see a film because you know you're one of the first people to see it and no one else is going to see it for a few mm-hmm. months' time. Yeah, so that's kind of like my take. That's my rant over on the, the expense of the movie-going experience. Because I remember, and we're going back a little bit now, I remember the our local cinema used to have like a four pound Tuesdays mm. like and all my mates used to meet up on a Tuesday go to the cinema didn't matter if like what was on didn't matter if they'd seen it before because it was four pounds yeah okay, let's go. they do have matinee but it's like uh, seven eight pounds now yeah no one does that anymore no one does mm. like the cheap movie going experience you can get like meerkat movies is one thing you can there's lots of two for ones you can exchange you know any kind of reward scheme that you have with a supermarket nectar club car points that kind of, you can transfer those into cinema tickets as well there's mm-hmm. loads of ways you can get cheap cinema tickets but there's no point now you can just rock up on a certain day and be well, i'm just gonna go see a film here's five pounds i'm in hmm. and if they did that if i'm a paying moviegoer i'm more likely to buy some popcorn yeah because you know it's cost me a fiver never popcorn that's a tenner whatever i don't mind mm-hmm. um, and no one does that anymore yeah which is a shame and now my rant's over about the movie going <laughs> the cost of movie going experiences i, I feel like there's maybe some... I don't know how much you want to get into politics. My notes are very political. Okay. Wages didn't keep up with prices as well. That doesn't help. Like, there's less money for leisure mm-hmm. for the yeah, average yeah. family is what I mean. Yeah. Everybody's just, like, going through a cost of living crisis at the moment. Yeah. The currently 2023 is tracking, like, 3% less cinema sales than the previous year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was predicted to go up. By four so they're like based on their own projections they're like seven percent down is that though because we're still in march and there's january yeah, february march is pretty low same as last year so okay yeah, so between the start of the year and now they didn't have morbius no <laughs> but you know film shazam has just come out yeah and that has been an absolute box office bomb let's go past the movie going experience the theater and what what was your what did you want to talk about <clears throat> Well, my ideas are quite highfalutin, okay. uh, quite big picture ideas. Okay. As I said, it gets political. Number one, corporate greed. Right. So the biggest example I have there is when Hate Who Late came out. Don't quote me on this, but it was one of the Tarantino movies. And at the same time, some Star Wars movie came out. Disney basically blackmailed cinemas that... If they don't play Star Wars an X amount of times, then they can't have it at all. Okay. And the problem is with that uh, small art theaters survive 
by showing those big films so they can show the little films as well. Yeah. So basically, they monopolize the whole system. And that's not the only example. One problem is big studios kind of stepping on the small ones and the whole thing is getting monopolized. At the same time, uh, this is a very recent trend that I noticed, is there's no like mid-budget movies anymore. There's no like movies where they made it for 10 million. Yeah. 20 million. And it makes, I don't know, 150 million and everyone's happy. Every movie has to be 300 billion (laughs) costs and then have to make all the money. They just place these crazy, crazy bets on franchises all the time. And then that means there's less movies and less experimenting. Because in a smaller mid-budget movie, you can experiment. But in a fucking big movie, which has to make a billion dollars unless it fails, you can't experiment. You, you just have to do everything what you think is correct. Yeah. Um, they kind of start to come back, but I think it's too late because COVID kind of broke everything. There is kind of a comeback of mid-budget movies. There was two recent Universal releases, Cocaine Bear. Yeah. And there was another one, two Universal horror films. They both flopped. It's because it's too late. It's too late. They should have done this before COVID. Well, I think the problem with experimental films is it's a gamble for the audience member. Mm-hmm. So you're asking the audience member to bet their money on that being a good film. Mm-hmm. And they won't do it. I don't mean experimental film as in the whole film is experimental. Yeah. I mean, it's not completely down the line mainstream. But... I see what you mean, though, because, I mean, the opposite example for that is everything, everywhere, all yeah. at once. So the budget for that was 14 to 25 million. And that's amazing. It's yeah. an incredible film. That's what you want to see more of. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's a hard sell. Yeah. To the moviegoer. And because it's a hard sell to the moviegoer, the studios aren't going to bother with that. They, they can't. They, they, they can't afford to spend millions of pounds on films that may or may not work. But don't you think instead of spending another 300 million on a Marvel Avengers film, they could split into 10 movies? You know, like one of those 10 will, will make its money back. And then one of those 10 will make its money back, but it won't make the 30 movies money back. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So Everything Everywhere All at Once has currently got a box office of 115 million yeah and that's and that's fine for uh what what did you say 15 million it was yeah it was but no is the answer to your question because almost every marvel film makes a billion yeah pounds that's 10 times everything everywhere all at once so no yeah but they wouldn't do it if they would do these mid-budget films uh, the returns would be smaller but also more frequent and possibly less risky like, if all of a sudden a Marvel movie fails, then fucking whole studio's shutting down. Yeah, I see your point, and I, I do get it, and I would like to see more independent, more slightly more experimental yeah. films come out. Again, they started now, because of COVID kind of brought the mid-range movies back. But again, I think it's too late. They should have done that a while ago to change this whole cinema culture. I think everything comes, hopefully... Everything will come back around. Films, not just in terms of corporate greed, but the films they're making need to change. Yeah. Because people just don't want to watch the films these studios are releasing. You want to carry on with your points? Well, I've got five points. Okay. You go ahead. Okay, so the biggest thing that I find when I speak to people about films is they'll say to me, oh, I trust what you say about films. But if I read reviews, it's, it's nonsense, it's rubbish. And it's true. 
because reviewers just seem to have no clue unless you find one that speaks to you yeah. and, and likes the things you like. But even then, try and read things like Empire Magazine. I used to have a subscription to Empire Magazine. I found it to be very, very on the nose of a lot of films. If, if they said a film was rubbish, it was probably rubbish. If they said it was good, it was probably good. But these days, they're just handing out stars like they're candy. And I suspect that they're very well funded yeah, yeah, by yeah. Of course. the people who make these films. Yeah. Nobody trusts that anymore. Nobody trusts like what critics have to say, and it's part of the reason that I wanted to start this podcast. Been writing reviews for ages. I don't put them anywhere. I just like to sit and write reviews, and they're all sitting on my hard drive. I've never done anything with them, but to try and give something back, to try and make people believe in cinemas and believe in the films. If you read a four star review for Cocaine Bear and then you go see that film, you're just going to give up on cinema. You are. You're just going to write this is shit. What would you say, you kind of touched on something that I'd like to explore a little bit, which is this uh, critic and audience divide. Yes. Like that you can really see on Rotten Tomatoes, Mm -hmm. where some movies have such a wide gap between reviewers and audience likes. And why do you think that is? I think the critics have lost perspective of the average moviegoer, for the most part. I think they've seen so many films... And if you watch so many films over so many years, it all starts to kind of melt together and mm-hmm. get a bit generic. So when someone comes up with something experimental and new and like really kind of out there, they love it because yeah. it's new and it's fantastic. But that's not what the average moviegoer wants to see. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, you release something like the original Suicide Squad that's generic as fuck, they'll hate it. Yeah. But the average moviegoer will see that and go okay yeah this is all right this is good mm-hmm. okay i usually agree with the review yeah the and reviews. that's and that's fair enough but that's not your average moviegoer mm-hmm. like me and you wouldn't go see we're not going to go see fast and the furious x no <laughs> <laughs> since when <laughs> when were you gonna tell me you don't turn your back on them Other than to sit and do like a, a cocaine bear type episode. Well, there you go. Yeah, oh. but we wouldn't go see it. If we weren't doing that, we would never go see it. Oh, it looks hilarious. We have to watch it. But <laughs> you get my point. <laughs> I do get your point. Thank you. And that, But that's it. That's the average movie goer. Okay. That's what they want to go see. Okay. I, I'm worried I'm sounding a bit condescending with like the average movie goer. Mm. These idiots, no, I think, these I think idiots you, over here. I think you actually were harder on the reviewers, but not unfairly, so... Which where it brings me to my next point as well. The kind of films that, that people don't want to see is the ones that preach at you. The ones that like, that. oh my God, it's reflecting today's culture and blah, blah, blah. People don't want to see that. Like they go to the cinema, they've paid their money to forget the problems outside. They want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. And films, I feel like the reason that films like Fast and the Furious... Marvel films, DC Studios, the reason they do so well isn't just because, I mean, there's a large part of it because of the corporate kind of, they've pushed it down everyone's throat. But a large part of it is because they're just entertaining films. You sit there, you watch a film, you close your mind off, the good guy wins, the bad guy loses. 
done. Do you think Avatar is exception to the rule? Because no. it is kind of a preachy movie that everyone likes, apparently. Um, <laughs> I haven't met but, anyone who likes it, but apparently everyone likes it. But I don't think it is that preachy, or at least it doesn't dwell on it. You know, it, it says, you know, if you look at it from the faraway ping, it says, yeah, okay, industrialization is wrong. Yeah. You know, don't... Nature good. Nature good. Machine bad. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly, it says it like that. Okay. It doesn't take... 10 minutes out of its runtime for some scientist to explain all of the problems with industrialization. It's just bad. What kind of movies do you think are preachy that came out nowadays? Because I haven't come across this problem. Have you not? Not really. So I watched, have you seen the film Widows? No. So Widows is, could have been a really good film where these gangster guys who are trying to rob a bank die. Mm-hmm. and all of their widows kind of inherit their, their debt because oh, like, some gangster was, like, funding them. That's a cool idea. But it's unnecessarily dark and brooding and horrible. And then halfway through the film, because the main character's son died, which was unnecessary, but then it shows you halfway through the film how he died. It was a random stop by a police officer. He's a black guy. And he reaches to get his license of registration and the policeman just shoots him. It has no place being in that film. And why do you need to involve the outside world, what's happening out there, into this film? It's, mm-hmm. it's not related. It doesn't matter. Okay. So it doesn't fit with the theme. No. And stuff. But you get a lot of that. You mm-hmm. get a lot of kind of, you know, we touched on environmental issues. You get a lot of that preaching into it. You get a lot of you get a lot of things cancelled and stuff because, you know, they don't have enough of this, that and the other in it. And it's just, it's not... Do things get cancelled, though? Or do you just still put it out and then everyone watches it except purple-haired university students? (laughs) But I think that's kind of the point I'm trying to make in a roundabout way. Mm -hmm. The studios are are forcing things into their films that don't need to be there. If there's a a market for a female James Bond-like character, then make that film. Yeah, but don't take a character that's already established and make them something else because mm. that that's not what people want to see. Atomic Blonde is a fantastic film. It's a kick-ass woman who, and it's brutal and it's and it's interesting and it's set in a like interesting time and it's shot brilliantly. And Charlize Theron kicks ass in that. It didn't do very well. Yeah, but that's the you know. I think the studio like with James Bond is more going like fuck. We had this fifty years with this character and twenty five movies plus. So what the fuck we're gonna do now? <laughs> we told all the stories we could, you know. Yeah, but they always make money. Yeah. People want that shit. People want an element of familiarity. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's cliche a lot of the time, but that's what people want. They want to be entertained, and mm-hmm. that's what that's what studios have forgotten. Even though you got all of these online people calling for all of these various things, none of which can agree with each other. Yeah, your average moviegoer just wants to be just sit there, forget their troubles and be entertained by something Mm -hmm. you can still make interesting films within that realm again everything everywhere all at once gets a bit cliche at the end when the mother and the daughter reconcile and blah blah. but you know it's an entertaining film yeah that doesn't you know preach anything at you or or remind you of all the horrible things happening outside another good example like she said about the Harvey Weinstein okay. thing. Well, I haven't seen that. No, nobody has. Because <laughs> no one wants to see it. It's, you know, it's a depressing look into a, a rapist's trial. Yeah. Or 
No, why? That's not. Um, <laughs> I guess like politically engaged people would be interested. Yeah, but that's it. That's yeah. what you you keep creating these films for these small selections of people mm-hmm. and that's your viewership that's what your viewership's gonna be hmm. <laughs> <laughs> good point i mean i don't mind like another thing you and i just overread your things cancel culture that isn't there it isn't there no. what, what did it say what uh, cultural two? decline oh okay it's a even more arty farty right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but go on i'm not really qualified to talk about diversity and wokeness as a white male i'm you know I'm going to step away from that thing. But I just feel... But let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but, let's, but we have to because so many films come out and they get wrecked on the online reviews because they don't have this, that and the other. You know, you, you've got people complaining that straight people can't play gay people. You've got accusations of whitewashing in films. All of these things that cause a massive online stir. Mm. I wouldn't call that cancellation though. It's not, but it's... What was it called? Like, people threatening to boycott films. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's a loud minority of people. I feel like it's a loud minority that are being listened to. Yeah, well, that's the studio's problem. <laughs> yeah, and it is. But studio's problem becomes our problem. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. a film... They change something in a film that makes it bomb. If they were to release Jamie Bond, the female James Bond, no one would good see it, unfortunately. Even... It wouldn't matter what kind of thing. Because they've mm. changed that character from one to the other. And you can argue whether that's right or wrong, you know. I would still go and see it because I don't care. You yeah. know, as long as they make a good film. Yeah. I don't care who the main character is. I don't care what gender they are. You know, I don't care if they're gay or not does none of that bothers me if they make a good film i will go see it but it's not going to make money for the studio and it's not going to make money for the cinemas i feel like this is a discussion where uh, 10 days later i'm going to come up with really good arguments <laughs> what's a kind of example of that happening of making them of ghostbusters f- you know what i think that was just a shit film <laughs> I enjoyed Ghostbusters. and How? And, Why? And most people I talk to that have watched it enjoyed it. Perfect example. Go on. If they had just made a film where four women happened to be fighting ghosts, then they could have advertised all of that. It might have been a good film. It might have been a success. But because they took the Ghostbusters brand, attached it to this film, nobody wanted to see it. Every, all the Puritans of like Ghostbusters are like, oh, it's Ghostbusters, it's Ghostbusters and this, blah, blah, blah. That's all wrong, whatever. And then it's so far removed from actual Ghostbusters. It wasn't a Ghostbusters film. Didn't make sense to call it Ghostbusters. It was a funny film about women fighting ghosts. I enjoyed it, but it didn't have the same tone. It didn't have the same cast. It didn't have the same plot. The only thing it had was the firehouse. End of story. Why just changing them into women makes it worse or not worth watching by the public? And I don't think it is. Actually, there was murmurs of what's happening, Ghostbusters reboot. That was the thing I was excited for. Because it sounded like the original Ghostbusters, that you put four very differently funny people together. And then their comedy kind of elevates the movie. Now, that didn't turn out to be the truth. It's a utterly, utterly shit movie. Yeah, so what example you gave is good. I do agree with it that they just basically just slapped the Ghostbusters name on it for intellectual property kudos. Which destroyed the film. Yeah. It's, it made it rubbish. Yeah. And it made everybody else think it was rubbish as well. Yeah. You're hitting zero demographics. You can tell good stories with diverse characters and I want to see those stories. Yeah. I really do want to see those stories. 
write them, write originals, write your own thing, write your own story, write, make it a new franchise that people want to see. You don't need to keep taking things from the past and keep rebooting things and changing them to make them something then they weren't originally. That's where I feel that it's get they're going wrong. Yeah, because they think this is perfectly goes into my second point. So if you want me to take over, it used to be that a movie star brings people in. People thought that, and now it's all about the IP. Everything's yeah. about the IP, and so they're getting kind of lazy of like, okay, what can we dig up? And then they find something that they can reboot or remake or make a forty year later sequel to it. Second point is cultural decline. The American Empire. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Let's put down some basics. <laughs> we, live on, we live under the American Empire right now. There used to be the Roman Empire. Okay. Now it's the American Empire. They have military bases everywhere. And we basically We're talking about cinema still, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. This will tie in. Okay. I just wanna put down that the idea that we live in the American Empire. It doesn't matter what you call it, but basically we we live, breathe, exhale American culture. Okay. Past, I don't know, 10 years maybe, but probably even more. As the American Empire is dying, oh because God. it is dying, <laughs> you've, you've, it's my you've, time. We've just lost <laughs> 19 of our 23 I downloaders. Don't care. <laughs> this is my time. Time to make my point. Right. So, as the American Empire culture is declining, people who oh, have got nothing better to do, they look backwards into culture. So this is where the, all these member berries come from. Oh, it used to be better in the old days. Yeah, because in the old days, they used to make original movies, original content. I feel like these things are interconnected where this is like, I, I call it toxic nostalgia, where people so much live in the past and a past that never was really, mm-hmm. that they think was perfect or much better. At the same time, they don't accept anything new into their lives and don't experience anything new. So they stuck in this old vision and so cinemas are taking advantage of this by resurrecting old IPs 40 year old franchises for these kind of people to go in and see and I think this is one of the major problems with why cinema is the way it is because they serve this kind of dying empirical culture and it's kind of like in a loop. I saw a study where basically how abstract your art is in your culture, your new art, mm-hmm. represents how democratic you are, which is interesting. <laughs> so it's kind of like a reverse of that idea everything became so stale and backwards so anyway (laughs) so this is my uh, review for uh, United States of America I told you that I've got bullshit arguments yeah I think when you could have yeah I could have just said everything a reboot in it well (laughs) the yeah the studios are selling old IPs to people because they remember them and and in cultural decline is in general it's not just studios it's what people want as well. Yeah. And that's also the problem. So they in this relationship of kind of like a codependent relationship where, yes, they want that and a studio gives them that. It's not exactly that. Then they're pissed off, right? Yeah. I just want to tell you the top 10 UK films of 2022. Yep. 
Top Gun Maverick, late sequel. Avatar Way of the Water, late sequel. Minions, Rise of Gru, franchise IP movie. Doctor Strange, sequel. MCU. MCU. The Batman, franchise IP movie. Thor, Love and Thunder, franchise IP movie. Jurassic World Dominion, franchise IP movie. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, franchise IP movie. Sing 2, 1. Uh, <laughs> sequel <laughs> sequel but also what the fuck Elvis so Elvis is the only movie in the top 10 that's let's say it's an original idea that's just the problem in this system is that what people want to see is the old shit and what people get is the old shit but there's like an expiry date on that which is running out of old shit to resurrect okay on that note yeah so I also looked up the current UK top 10 five out of the top 10 in the UK was sequels or reboots or that's pretty good though the five out of ten yeah it's more than nine out of ten like my top ten list but it speaks to so on that list is a film called Rye Lane it's a UK film UK rom-com based in London making very little money but that's you know they are out there and people do see them but that's the thing we were saying about earlier with your mid-budget films even if they're a success they will only make 30 40 million and they will never appear on that list yeah that's one problem with that is that I haven't touched on yet is that marketing budgets Ah. because I don't think these mid-budget movies get marketed at all I have that on my list of points to make advertising in general i speak to so many people about oh this film's coming out or i'm gonna go see this film in the cinema tomorrow and they're like what i've never heard of it never heard of it and some of them are like massive films even films in the mcu like i talk to people i'm gonna see ant-man tomorrow and they're like is that out oh i didn't even know that was out like how like all of these films a film's marketing budget is almost equal to its production budget. Yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah. So a five hundred million pound film has five hundred million in advertising. Where are they spending that money? Right. Uh, I think this is again a COVID broke it kind of thing. I'm not sure they do that anymore, the half-half thing. Because they used to be the Marvel MCU films, they used to be fucking everywhere on posters and everything. But a mid budget movie, even if they spend loads of money on it and they won the returns. They never spend any on the advertising. It's insane. I think like, Marvel is, uh, they're banking on like an avalanche approach. It's like a snowball effect where they are so successful, people will see people their movies, find whatever. Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking that during when Endgame came, I was like, everyone's going to see this while they're advertising. <laughs> <laughs> so I rarely use YouTube. Mm. Uh, I don't like it as an outlet. In other news, our podcast is available <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Because I just, I feel like it's nonsense. But I only ever use YouTube for movie trailers. And occasionally I will look up a walkthrough of a game that I'm playing. And it ne- still never advertises me new trailers. I'll, I'll log onto my YouTube on my phone now. There will not be a single movie trailer on there. I'll have loads of walkthroughs for games I haven't even played. But I will not have a single thing. And I am their target audience. I am their key demographic. I am the one with expendable money to spend on the cinema. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not getting advertised films, who the fuck is? Yeah. If I regularly search for something, I mean, normally you just talk near your phone and it's like, hey, you wanted this? Here's this. But I will physically search things and it still will not advertise it to me. Yeah. It's mental. Yeah. Again, I think COVID broke it kind of thing. Because I feel like five years ago, everything is just in your face, shoved down your throat, but only the most well-budgeted movies. 
I did hear a radio advert for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Really? Have I ever told you radio adverts are like my funniest thing I found that not supposed to be funny? <laughs> Because it's all like, especially for action movies. <laughs> Look out! <laughs> Wait! See Ant-Man and the Quantum Minute. What the fuck happened? <laughs> Just uh, noises. Don't be alarmed. It's only a laser sword fight. Don't be scared. It's only the Death Star destroying another world. Yeah, so I I don't know where their advertising budget's going. Uh, I just nobody knows that films are out in the cinema anymore, and I don't know why. It's so easy to advertise on Facebook or yeah. If these completely trashy games, mobile app games <laughs> that that they every, make loads of money that then. everybody sees everywhere. Yeah, if they can advertise once every three pages on my Flipboard app, then why are there films? I have a specific category on my Flipboard that tells me about movies, mm -hmm. and I still don't get advertised movies. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, maybe, like, Disney, biggest company ever made, is doubling down on the streaming, because that way you really don't need to advertise fuck all. On IPs and streaming. Yeah, so moving on to streaming... Because I have streaming as a as a big point on mine. I'm going to actually put two together. Because two of the points I've got coming up are streaming mm -hmm. and too many movies. Mm -hmm. So every single streamer has lost money in the last few years. Have you seen the Paramount's losses? No. Oh my God. So Paramount Plus last year, or Paramount as a as a movie studio last year lost 2.6 billion in quarter four with just the whole movie studio not just, just paramount, streaming paramount okay. in general uh, disney plus disney was had the lowest amount of loss last year they lost 1.1 billion mm -hmm. amazon studios lost billions mostly on the shit show that was rings of power oh really wow <laughs> Um, I forgot that existed. <laughs> yeah, but they all did. Every single streaming yeah. platform, any single business that has a streaming platform, lost billions. Even Roku, Roku, even Ghibli Plus, even Fandango Plus. I don't even know these, even... these things that you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> even I'm making up, <laughs> except Roku. Roku is a free one. I think Crunchyroll might have Crunchyroll, made. Crunchyroll, yeah. Oh yeah, they're fucking rolling in Crunchy <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it hasn't worked. Taking films out of cinemas and putting them straight to, to home video experiment has not worked. If I combine my points a bit, I think part of the problem is they still make those 300 million costing money. Yeah. But they're just shoving on streaming platforms. So again, the solution is doing mid-budget films. Yeah, if you make mid-budget films and put them on Disney+, Plus, yeah. imagine if Netflix had everything everywhere all at once. That would massively boost their... It, it is on Amazon. Is it really? Yeah. Is it one of those to buy things? Though? No, actually, it's streaming. That's, oh, wow. that's why cool. I watched it. They the have other. the rights to it. But yeah, that would make me want to buy Amazon. Look at Disenchanted 2. Or Disenchanted. This is Enchanted 2. You know, it's a massive film. They put hundreds of millions into it. And they just... Nobody even knows it exists. I was going to say, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. But this is the problem. Nobody knows these massive budget films exist. We're going to watch Extraction at some point. That's a Netflix exclusive. No one cares. Like, but if that was in the cinema, people would go see it. I don't know. It's so volatile. Have they really? Yes. <laughs> I just told you all the billions of pounds they just lost. Well... We covered that. <laughs> well, yeah, but... 
you said high movie prices. Yeah. Like would people so really like, go, yeah, because would people really gamble on extraction? Yes. Because okay. it's a John Wick ripoff. <laughs> okay. But it's an original film starring a dependable movie star. You know, it's an action film. His hamster dies. His hamster dies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think how is it a John Wick ripoff? <laughs> no, in that you know, it's just him walking around with guns okay. in situations where people are shooting at him and he's murdering them okay that kind of thing in in no way does it follow any other oh, okay, okay same it might follow some i can't remember it that well mm-hmm. we'll find out but the, like i said the other thing with that is studios and these streaming companies don't give people enough time to get excited about those films a because they don't know about them they don't know they exist and b because you release a film this week and then you release another film next week and then you've got two films the week after. It's too much. It's, it's yeah. people... Obviously, you go back really, really far and they you, you used to go to the cinema and you used to have one film a month mm-hmm. and that's too little. Yeah. But the slate of films, the amount of films that are out at the minute, it's too much. You're, you're saturating the market too much. And it's from that you get such generic films. Mm-hmm. Nobody's trying to experiment because everyone's just trying to rush to put as much out as they can. Mm. The streaming wars is just ridiculous because they keep putting all this content out. They have completely forgotten to make it any good. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) I have nothing to disagree with that. I always discover some new film on Netflix that I haven't seen and then I I end up liking it. And the way I know about that film, someone else told me and then I watched it and I was like, oh. Why was this buried? Yeah. Why wasn't this like put up Horse Girl? This is how I watch Horse Girl. Oh, did you watch Horse Girl? Yeah, Horse I watched Horse Girl. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed this, it. It's like fucking nothing. And I saw Red Letter Media video. And I was like, this is on Netflix? Yeah. Surely not on mine. Because I look at it, the homepage every day. Mm-hmm. And it was. Yeah. It's just like fucking immediately on the bottom of the list. It's what I disagree with in terms of algorithms as well. Like me and my partner have a Netflix account that we never use because if you log on to it it will tell you all the new things that are on netflix but if i log on to mine it will tell me all the things that i like air quotes <laughs> i'll just end up doing the same watching the yeah, same shit so yeah. we have this account that we just log on and it will tell you what's new on netflix and it will tell you everything because it you have it doesn't have an algorithm to report to us yet mm-hmm. <laughs> that's nice that's a good idea and which is what it should be like you just give people everything and let them decide what they want to watch yeah instead of just ramming down people's throats what you think they want to watch yeah is that all your point um i think it is actually we've covered advertising entertaining streaming we accidentally covered my third point i didn't look ahead it was okay. like home technology catching up or saying yeah. my tv i was gonna make a joke about christopher nolan because he's like very anti home cinema and he probably still thinks that we're watching 10 inch crt tvs (laughs) or something i agree with him it's not the same not just in terms of sound quality it's just in terms of films are filmed to be seen on the big screen on a big screen in front of you and big filthy screen where someone sneezed on it (laughs) (laughs) that's an impressive sneeze if you're if you're sitting in the cinema and you sneeze on the screen Big old smelly screen. Kudos to that person. (laughs) What do you think the future of cinema is? I think a few things have to change. I think more, most importantly, there has to be a winner in the streaming wars, Mm. or at least we're okay in the UK-ish. We've got Prime, 
we've got Netflix and we've got Disney and anything else is a bolt-on of that. You can get Paramount Plus installed into your Amazon, same yeah. with Roku, same with... Ghibli Plus. Who who is Hulu Star over here? It's Star in Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. But whereas in America, all of those are individual platforms mm-hmm. uh, which cannot make money. We've given up this £30 a month cable and we've gone, okay, oh my God, Netflix is only £5 a month. Let's go to that. Oh, now we need to get Amazon Plus. Now we need yeah. to get... Blah, 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 blah. Amazon yeah, Plus doesn't it's, exist. It's just a different kind of uh, yeah. satellite TV. At the moment, it, if you wanted all of them, it would cost you more. Yeah. <laughs> which is insane. So someone has to win that. It has to boil down to two, three, four at the most companies that have that content. And if studios like Warner Brothers, who have HBO Max, which is also... Oh, my God. They lost a lot of money, right? I know they dropped a bunch of shit, so they must have lost a lot of money. HBO Max, which lost 2.1 billion mm. last year. The GDP of a small country. <laughs> it's it's madness. If they want to keep making things, that's fine. Keep making them, put them out in cinemas, and then sell them to the streaming platforms like it was at the beginning. Netflix originally didn't have any original content, or it had very, very little original yeah. content. It was just a mishmash of bargain basement shit that people wanted to watch. And that worked. Then they started getting more popular and they started getting films that people did want to watch. You know, all the classics, like if they had Ghostbusters on it, then they'd be like, oh my God, they got Ghostbusters, let's watch that. But then they started making their own stuff and it doesn't work. Mm. The streaming wars has to end. Mm -hmm. That's number one. With that, you need longer cinema to home video to times. Mm Mm-hmm. If cinema is going to survive, if a lot of the studios want to survive, they need that as well. Mm-hmm. Because you can't make that amount of money. If you released Endgame on Disney+, Plus, it's not going to make you a billion pounds. No. It's going to make you a fraction of that. If you add it on there later, then it's incentive for people to subscribe. If you've got all of the Marvel stuff on it, that's the main reason I subscribe to Disney Plus in the first place. They're going to break it up to 10 pieces and then release them every month. <laughs> if that's what they need to do. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Whatever. And lastly, on your point, I think they need to just start making original things again. And I think cinema in general has its times for everything and, it, and they'll end. In the 80s, you had the diehards, all of the action films. People had enough of that. Then they went into kind of like rom-coms and things and then people had enough of that. And superhero fatigue, I'm amazed it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. It will happen very soon. Yeah. And then we'll move on to something else. And I think whatever we move on to just has to be high-quality, well-told, original films. And it doesn't matter who or what you have in those films. As long as they're well-made, people will hopefully come back do you hope this to happen do you think this will happen oh um because uh you avoided my question <laughs> basically <laughs> what do you think will what happen? do i think will happen i really don't know mm. i think it's on a knife edge that's true that's I, for sure i think either what i said will happen mm. or you'll see a lot of cinemas closing down which is unfortunate well said i would like to from there see a higher rise in independent cinemas Mm. yeah what you said about superhero fatigue like i don't even think about this well i kind of do but i kind of don't there's a whole larger area of this i think remake and reboot thing which was even before the superhero craze like we had for so long this fucking remake reboot too late sequel thing for like 20 years 
and it's been crazy. I'm hoping for that whole thing to end. It's like almost the the bigger circle encircling the superhero bubble. Yeah, and I understand that it's tough to write new things because so many films have been released at this point. You're always going to get compared to something else. If you did write the Ghostbusters where four women fight ghosts, even if you didn't slap the Ghostbusters logo on it, it, people would just oh, this is just a rip-off of Ghostbusters. Well, I think that what there should do is, George Lucas had this famous interview back in the 80s where he talked about how to be a producer. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, basically, it's like gambling. You go into the place and then you gamble on this young go-getter kid. And then that's it. That's all you have to do, I think. It's not about how hard it is to write original content. It's about getting new people into the industry that you just gamble on, really, and see what happens. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I want to tell you what I think will happen to cinemas. Oh, God. (laughs) This is not going to go well for cinemas. (laughs) So, basically, the American Empire. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, I'm just just (laughs) fucking with you. No, I think it does tie into politics a little bit but i think it depends if disney will be broken up or not as a monopoly because they are a monopoly now very clearly it's like no company that anywhere near in competition with them so if it doesn't get broken up i think what will happen that cinemas will become like disney experiences basically right it's not going to be a cinema it's going to be where you see the disney movies and some independent cinemas will survive but they'll be very small i don't think they'll be like the odyssey or the rex as independent cinemas uh, fairly large nice places i think they'll be like more like basements of weirdos that will be your new independent cinema and uh, we'll die and we'll see the same shit over and over again I like your more hopeful ending <laughs> <laughs> well I didn't say I thought it was going to happen I think it's what needs to happen yeah if this I hope Disney gets broken up it's really I think that's a key to this well at the moment Disney is the only thing keeping cinemas alive so <sighs> yeah, yeah but yeah again it's a codependent relationship like mm-hmm. you need to break that shit like, it's just prolonging the inevitable yeah wow <laughs> that was, what a fun discussion that was, that was depressing <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> well well we hope you've enjoyed this this bonus episode of i hate your movie where we depress you about the state of <laughs> cinema and why cinema is dying if you do have any other points if you'd like to kind of talk to us about our points you're very welcome to there is a comment section. You can find us on Instagram. We'd like to hear your opinions and what you think the state of cinema is like now. What if you agree or disagree with our points, or if you know if you just have your own ideas, that'd be cool to hear. Write us a letter and send the Raven to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Fuck, I'm tired.